Welcome to As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. Today we welcome Mark Tyndall from To Kill Achilles to the podcast. To Kill Achilles will release their new album, Recovery, on August 11th via Arising Empire Records. Fans of bands like La Dispute and Touche Amore will want to check this record out. Mark talks about buying tab books, weaseling his way into To Kill Achilles, being grateful for a rising empire, writing music to match the lyrics, and more. I'm a big fan of recovery. Do yourself a favor and go listen to Something to Remember Me By as you wait for recovery to drop next week. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. There were three podcasts last week, so hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can also join the mailing list, which a ton of people checked out last week, so thank you. Or come hang out on Discord. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's chat with Mark Tyndall from To Kill Achilles. You're in Scotland? I am, yes. Where in Scotland? Uh, a place called Dundee, not a big city. Okay. Boring. How about you? Uh, Washington, D.C. See, now that's far more iconic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Before, before COVID hit, my wife was in talks to take a job in Edinburgh. Oh, cool. We were, we were going to move there, and then COVID happened, and it's like fuck everything so yeah yeah fair yeah. i mean you you avoided a lot of rain i'll tell you that much <laughs> i bet i bet well uh yeah stoked to have you here uh did you grow up in the small town you currently live in or around there yeah yeah pretty much i've been dundee forever it's not the most exciting but i don't <laughs> mind it it's home yeah. yeah yeah what was growing up like it was cool man um very, very privileged little lifestyle over here, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just group of friends, nice family, everything's cool. Lots of rain. Uh, <laughs> I used to skateboard quite a lot. I was terrible, but that was that was fun. Yeah. Nice. Classic, isn't it? Listen to Blink-182. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Was skateboarding your gateway into music? Uh, not entirely, no. No, I think yeah. I just, like, I just became obsessed with, I think my main thing was uh, whenever my parents had stuff on in the car, I just got absolutely mesmerized like i'm the kind of guy a song comes on and i can't speak because i'm just analyzing and i've done that since i was about three <laughs> nice. what was your gateway into like hardcore punk rock or whatever uh genuinely it's such an such an always answer right uh one of my friends showed me the black album by metallica okay yeah and before that i think I, my favorite band was like red hot chili peppers because it was <laughs> wacky and uh, I was like, this is cool. Uh, so he showed me the Black Album, and I was like, what is this? And I just got hooked on it. So Metallica kind of opened the door for heavy music, especially the early stuff. And then I checked out other 80s stuff, and then you kind of get used to that. So you branch yeah. a little bit harder and a bit harder and a bit harder, and eventually just got really into hardcore and some of the aggressive metal stuff. Yeah. Love a bit of Whitechapel, you know? It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Metallica to Whitechapel, that makes mm. sense. Uh, you know. It's the, the classic gateway. 
I feel like there's a line somewhere, and I don't know if it's where you grew up or who your friends were or how old you are, but there's like some line where it's like Metallica's the gateway, and then all of a sudden it's like Linkin Park and Slipknot are the gateway, and it's Man, like. Uh- it's you're exactly right like you're you're entirely right i think i got i heard the black album then bought hybrid theory okay. then someone showed me iowa and i was like that's a mess but i love it and then that you know it's yeah i think offspring are always in there for me as well i don't know why okay. that was like the punk side of it i was like oh that's cool and yeah yeah so. yeah on the punk side i feel like Green Day and Blink-Away 2 are universal. It's just where in the line you pick up on that. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. one for me as well was Nirvana. Nirvana oh, yeah. was like, it was, it was like the rocky, grungy thing. But yeah. with those aggressive vocals, I was like, that's cool. Yeah. Was there a scene somewhere local to where you grew up that you could be involved in? or? Uh, it's, it's, you could call it a scene. Like, <laughs> especially, especially when I was younger, you know, like, I, I'm from... So I'm in Dundee just now. I'm from a, a little town like 40 miles out. Yeah. So it's it's tiny. It's famous for golf of all things. How how hardcore is that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you would come up to Dundee, play some shows, and then you could maneuver around. I think whole the whole of Scotland because it's quite small. Yeah. It's almost like a Scottish scene. You know, okay. it can't really be like a city. It's almost like the whole country is like. Yeah. You're like, oh, we're doing Glasgow next, and it's you kind of get to know everyone in bands who are Scottish because there aren't as many Scottish bands as say English bands. And then yeah. obviously American bands and we're, we're a minority over here. And then fine yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. I know like Scotland's got a lot of like shoegaze or post rock stuff happening over there. I but like, yeah, as far as hardcore. Yeah. There's not aware of anything. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some goodies, but yeah. few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. At what point did you start trying to form bands? Uh, I was 13. Uh, I'm now 33, so 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I uh, actually Sharpie, who plays guitar in the band. Um, I met him when I moved from primary school to high school. Okay. Uh, so I think we were 13 years old. I just got a bass guitar for my birthday, and he had a guitar, and he was the guy that showed me the black album. So we bought the. Do you remember? I can see you've got a guitar on the back wall. So yeah. Do you remember buying like the book? of tabs for like an entire album oh yeah yeah i had the black album and we learned it start to finish and nice. I, I played bass he plays guitar uh we're running through these little 10 watt marshall combos in his <laughs> mom's house and uh thought we were amazing found yeah. a drummer found a guy who did vocals the guy who did vocals ended up quitting because he got a job so i was like i'll do it i can be james hetfield and <laughs> <laughs> can't obviously yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was my that was my my gateway. Thirteen years old with a bass guitar and a couple of stupid friends who are still my stupid friends. Nice, nice. Was that your first foray into vocals? Like, what led you to that? Uh, genuinely, that exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we were playing a show. Uh, obviously, when you're younger, the smallest show in the world feels like the biggest show in the world. Yeah. Um, so we had a show at this place called the Shore, which was like it holds thirty people, and it was strictly under sixteens. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so we're like fifteen years old, and we're like, this is the biggest show of our career. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and uh, the guy who sang in the band just couldn't get the time off work. Oh he man, used to walk dishes in a fish and chip shop. <laughs> and so so funny. Yeah, he was like, I can't do it. And I was like, well, we're not pooling it. It's going to be the biggest show of the year. <laughs> so 
I uh, I gave it a shot and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. But yeah. from then, I was just like, I can shout at people. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how did uh, To Kill Achilles get started? Uh, so it's quite a weird one, actually. So um, a guy called Mark Sharp, who plays guitar in our band just now, he's just left to do videography for, but he's still a part of our live show and stuff. So I keep saying he's there. He's not <laughs> in the videos, but he's behind the camera. Um, so he started a band called, <laughs> you got to love this, Decapitate Your Date. That was the original <laughs> name. Um, oh, nice. Loved it, yeah. Uh, he started that with a couple of friends. And I was like, yeah, cool, man. I wasn't a part of it. At the time, I was doing like a synth pop acoustic auto-tune vocals sounds like hello goodbye if you remember them yeah that was my that was my thing at the time <laughs> uh so i went to see them and they were pretty good i was like that's yeah. actually great so uh i asked if i could join and they were like no we've got all the members but sharpie was like i can't finish this song like i have no idea how to finish this song can you help me write it and i was like yeah sure no problem if i can be in the band <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'll buy a keyboard. And I had no idea how to play keyboards. I didn't know how they worked or anything. And I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So I played keyboards in To Kill Achilles. And that song was the first song that like kicked off our career. It's terrible, but it was like viral on YouTube for a bit and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's called The Secret. It's awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's fine. Um, so we did that for a while. Uh, and then... That was the initial part of To Kill Achilles. That was when we rebranded to that. And that was that old band. And I think me and Sharpie were the only two members left. Oh, wow. uh, and it just changed and changed and changed. And then I somehow ended up on vocals and he plays guitar and another guy plays bass. And it's just, yeah, it kind of fell to what it is just now, but it feels comfortable now. Nice, nice. At what point did you take over vocals? Um, so it's a bit of a weird story, actually. Our old vocalist, uh, this was about five, six years ago, he was really scared of flying. Okay. Uh, so we had a, sh a tour booked in Eastern Europe. So it was like Greece and Serbia, Budapest, all these places. Uh, and at our level, especially at that time, touring is quite expensive. Yeah. Uh, putting a lot into it and stuff. So we we paid flights, we paid for van hire and the driver over there so that we could all drink probably. Um, and uh, he got to the airport and he literally turned around and was like, I'm not getting on that flight. So everyone just went on the flight and he just went home. Uh, so I went through the security gates last, like he just told me, everyone had already gone through. So he told me and he was like, I'm just not doing this. And he went home. So I went through and our guitarist, Larry was just like, where is that idiot? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, he's uh, on the bus back to Dundee actually. Um, so they were like, everyone freaked out for like 20 minutes. We're like, what are we going to do? Technically, we've broke contract because we were meant to have five people there and only four mm -hmm. showed up. And that means that we didn't necessarily need to get paid all the guarantees that we booked and stuff. They, like they were, yeah. We were technically out of clause, which meant we couldn't pay the driver, which meant we couldn't do anything. And we were like freaking out. But I always wrote all the lyrics and stuff um, mm -hmm. just because I, I just did. I think the other guy just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. He was good. He just wasn't as into yeah. it as the rest of us. So at that, sh at that tour, we were like, right, I'll just do it. I'll just not put the keyboard up, which is fine because I'm basically my minute anyway because I don't know what I'm doing. I've got like three notes in the whole set. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just do it. I'll be fine. 
Uh, and genuinely what happened was uh, no one on the tour noticed that it wasn't him. Uh, it was ridiculous, oh. but we were quite small at the time and stuff. Uh, everyone was just, I think they just thought he'd put on weight. And I was like, cool, thanks. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we ended up doing that and like all the guys in the band, like we're all best friends and stuff. And we, we just became this really tight knit unit. And the old vocalist, he became a professional tattoo artist and he's doing really well. And like, it's, he's, he's killing it, which is really good. Yeah. And I think everyone just realized like, you're already writing the stuff. You're already doing the back and vocal. The yeah. keyboards kind of suck and you don't know what <laughs> you're doing. So maybe you yeah. could do that. So the fun thing for me is I got in because no one wanted me in. I just got in because I was helping write the end of a song. And then now I'm like the front man and doing the whole interviews <laughs> and all the stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, man, I have, I have wormed my way in here. <laughs> um, just, just the parasite that won't go away. <laughs> that's, that's how they describe me, man. Yeah. That's, that's the one. <laughs> Uh, where'd the name come from? It's um, oh, it's really lame, man. I apologize, but uh, <laughs> so originally we were watching the movie Troy. Uh, don't know if you remember that big Greek inspired yeah. one, Trojan horse, and that. Uh, so that yeah. was about all that. And when I was watching that movie, um, we basically were just looking at like the the idea of Achilles, right? Uh, being this this incredible, all like invincible giant that's like unbeatable, mm. and I've kind of figured out that that's a quite quite a good metaphor for for some uh, troubles that you might have in your head. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. Some sometimes in the darkest places, it feels like you'll you can't get over this looming horrible feeling, and just like Achilles. There, there is a weak spot. Like you can find how to how to get better. So the whole name is a metaphor. To kill Achilles is to overcome what seems impossible. To to get better yeah. was my well. That's my pretentious metaphorical answer. But really, I was watching <laughs> the movie Troy. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. What led you guys to a rising empire? That right. This is kind of funny. Um, I don't. I honestly don't know why they put up with us sometimes and i'm really thankful <laughs> for it uh i believe the first thing that happened was we got an email from someone at a rising empire uh that basically just said we've seen your old stuff it's kind of cool if you're doing anything in the future let us know and we were like yeah cool no worries but we just didn't have any plans for writing we were touring a lot and stuff and we just weren't really weren't really focusing on writing so we're like yeah well once we start writing We'll send it to them and that'll be cool. Uh, our drummer, Kieran, he went to Australia for a month, just like find himself, walk up some hills. <laughs> uh, he got incredibly drunk and sent one of the guys at Rising Empire like a demo where it didn't even have vocals. It wasn't mixed. It was just like, it was like three guitar chords and like a really badly programmed drum beat. And he was like, <laughs> what do you think about this? And he woke up in the morning like, oh my God. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, and the guy was like, when it's finished, send it back over and we'll have a think. <laughs> so we were like, okay, well, that, that's not a no. So we came home after that, finished the song, uh, sent like a collection of four or five of them over. And they were like, actually, this is really cool. And then they just decided to take us on, which was obviously we're eternally grateful for. Um, yeah. Especially after 
<laughs> after how we approached it, that's just a streak of luck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> You guys put out something to remember me by in 2021. What was that process and experience like? How locked down were things in Scotland and how kind of confining was that release for you? Oh, man, that was a that whole record was a difficult time. Uh, so obviously the record's really sad and a really difficult tongue twister to say and try and do it in my accent. It's impossible. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that record's like a it's a really sad record. Um, mm-hmm. and it was completely written before COVID. We pushed the release of that back like a year and a half, I think. Oh, damn. Um, just cause we didn't have like the right, the, the, the moment didn't feel right. And we were like, it was yeah. super emotional and stuff. Um, so we, we agreed with the rising empire on this date after being late for videos and stuff. I'm telling you, man, they really put a lot of trust in us. It's great. Um, so we were late for delivering a couple of videos and stuff and we just couldn't get things to like work the way we wanted to. And we finally locked it in. And obviously the, the record deals with a lot of like depression and stuff. And, and like, I'll tell you just now, like I, I'd suffer a lot from anxiety. I'm not really depressed. Uh, it's just a, a severe anxiousness. Yeah. Um, that hit at 27, uh, out of nowhere. I, I didn't even know anxiety was a thing. And then bang, just, just crippled, uh, huge fear of just like mortality just sunk in to the point where if I left the house, I would like fully believe that I was just going to drop dead in the street and that, that I'd have to, like my mom would have to find me and all this stuff. And like, I, my head just totally broke and I, I put it all into this record and I was like, this is like the thing and it's going to be like the big thing that I, that I got to put out with all my best friends. And we settled on the date and it was in February of 2021. And the second we were just like gearing up to release, they closed everything. <laughs> and that was rough. Yeah. So I, I feel like I love that record. Like I yeah. think the new one's better, but I love, love the, yeah. I love what it was. And it was, such an outlet for me as a person. Um, yeah. I'm really lucky to have had the voice to say that and deal with what was going on and really express what, what I'd never told anyone before, which was really cool. And I'm a little bit heartbroken because we didn't really get to tour. I think we did one tour in 2022 at the end of 2022 yeah. around the UK for like 10 shows. And that was it. And then we, we were like, right, we need to write a new record because it, it kind of lost its, its momentum and it, yeah. it just got, it just got buried and, the people that found it seemed to resonate with it and that's cool. And I'm like grateful for everything, but the, yeah, I, I was a bit hard done by with that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. You finally get your chance to release your label debut. And then like, it just gets released into this void where you can't promote it. Like you can't tour it. You can't sh- share yeah. it the same way. And it's just like, yeah, yeah man. Right, like here I- it is. I hope people find it like good luck. Yeah. Yeah, man, like, like the, some of it was like the most, like, obviously I, I blow everything out of proportion in my head and I think all the guys do, but like some of it was like 
this is like the most important thing I've done with my life to this date to mm-hmm. me anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, and like it got <laughs> the way it ended up coming across is literally just through an Instagram post. Do you know what I mean? That's all we could do. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're putting up a picture of your face on Instagram that doesn't matter <laughs> and going, yeah. please listen to this song. I poured my actual life into it. Like I, it was the most important thing in the world. And yeah. I don't know about you during COVID, I did listen to a lot of music, but because we couldn't go outside and like walking mm-hmm. here was limited to one a day for like a maximum of half hour. So you're oh, like wow. not allowed outside kind of thing. Oh shit. It was rough, man. Um, and I, I do a lot of listening to music just with, like these these headphones and like mm-hmm. just walking, I just find yeah. it really relaxing and stuff. They kind of took away the ability to walk, and like mm. so, I stopped listening to music, and I wasn't trying to find new music because I was just in this void, like everyone else, of going, "Oh my god, this is hopeless." Yeah, and so that then made me pretty cynical because I was like, "I just released a record into the void." And the void wasn't there when it was meant to come out a year ago, and I pushed yeah. it back because I was being a fanny. What has led to, as a band, this shift in sound over time from like those first two records, like the independent releases are very like just like standard metalcore or whatever, just standard. Yeah. And and you really shifted into more atmosphere and more post hardcore. Like the new record reminds me a lot of like Law Dispute, like especially in your vocal totally. delivery. So like what has led to that? Um honestly, the best way I can describe it is like I, I, I do not say this lightly as a band we are literally just best friends right so mm-hmm. i live with the drummer uh i am the best man at the bassist's wedding next year i am like like the, our guitarist the house that we've just moved into is our guitarist's old house that he let <laughs> us move into when we got kicked out of our old house uh like these are like we are all the best of friends mm-hmm. so at the start it was just like you want to play some metalcore songs because metalcore was really cool. And we were like, yeah, yeah, that's sweet. So we were just going up trying to do breakdowns. I just wanted to spin kick someone like that. I was like, this is going to be great. <laughs> um, and that that's just what was popular and what was fun. Um, and I think that first record came out when we were about 22 or something, you know, like quite a while, quite, quite a long time ago. Yeah. And over the years, unfortunately, but also fortunately, like I said, I had no mental health issues or anything like that growing up. I was very lucky and stuff. And then things started to to pick up. And as you go, get older, as, as horrible as it is, but everyone has to face it, stuff happens, man. You, you lose mm-hmm. people. Um, you, you go through experiences that you maybe didn't think before. I think you your, your mortality comes more into mind because when you're a kid, you're invincible. When you're an adult, you're one cold away from the ground. <laughs> like it's it, it's just that. So I think originally it was like let's play some metal songs, and then over time it was just like because we've been doing it for so long and it means so much to us, it was starting to channel actually how we felt 
into into the music and like let that be the release for the fear of just being an adult. Do you know what I mean? As as you yeah. grow up and bills start pil- piling up and all these responsibilities come and you kind of feel a little bit lost sometimes. It was a great release to put that into the music as opposed to just playing breakdowns for fun. Yeah. And then as we started going down that line, I got really, really obsessed with like, like speaking about the stuff in my head and the guys are so, I'm so grateful for them. They literally let me say anything. I get no revisions <laughs> on any lyrics I write or anything. It's just like, Hey man, you do your thing and that's cool. Yeah. But when I started going in on, on being quite sad and quite storytelling and quite emotional and, and quite open, that sounds pretentious. I don't think I'm good, by the way. Uh, but um, you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. We then had to have the conversation of like, I don't know if you can do these lyrics over metalcore riffs, yeah, because they, they they just don't make sense. And like I I grew up listening to like uh, bands like Touche Mori and uh, Being Is an Ocean. Lad Disputes a great example. I love yeah. the the kind of alt rock scene as well of like midwest emo and stuff so like yeah, oh, yeah. um i i absolutely loved uh hotel books if you remember them they were great that was yeah. like a spoken world spoken word kind of thing yeah. um and then of course bands like movements and and like it's just like that kind of rocky thing mm-hmm. but with like these super intense lyrics and we were like man this the the common thing here the common thread is the music needs to be an extension of the lyrics as opposed to the lyrics now being an extension of the music, which I think is how yeah. it used to be. It was write the cool breakdown, then put the shout over it. Now it's write the cool lyric and find the chord that works. Yeah. That's, that's the best way I could put it. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I always think back to like under us to find the great line. And I'm like, that's a great record. I don't know what the fuck any of those songs are about. It's just oh. like a word salad. Yeah. It's excellent though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great but those songs like whatever <laughs> yeah that's it it's 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 exactly that it's yeah, yeah you're totally right dividing the great line it, it's I, I don't know what they're singing about i don't know what the the song is about i don't know the emotional connection but that is bangers and that's just as important you know yeah yeah good songs is good songs i love that but i think as we decided to like kind of file down and define our little thing that we do it was yeah. just like okay we'll try and write like stuff that someone would could happily listen to more than once, but there are a couple of songs where it's like, that one only exists for when you feel like that. And I I understand that. It's just a weekend that could change my ways. I've been taking these pills for all my days, but nothing changes if you can't take a leap of faith. It's just a couple days. It's just a couple days. And I can hold myself accountable for this chemical imbalance makes me vulnerable. The new record is called Recovery, out on the 11th of August. This seems like, I mean, this deals with addiction and overcoming addiction. Is this a, a personal story, whether autobiographical or witnesses, like friends and family members going through addiction in this battle? So it's, it, it's yeah, it's it's essentially, it's, it's addiction and just the idea of mental health in general as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, the, that's the two things. It's all, it's all very personal. Um, I I don't think I can, as like a, as a guy who writes some lyrics, I I don't think I'm like, in terms of vocalist, right? I don't think I'm actually 
like a talented vocalist. And I'm not saying that as in like, well, I'm not that good. I mean, like there are people out there that can do like the low thing, the high thing, the pitch screams, all that stuff. These super talented people who have just locked in. Yeah. I literally came from like a punk background of just like, I just shout as loud as I can and try and make it feel like it, it, it like it's real. Like yeah. I have no talent. I blow out my voice every show. I'm probably going to lose my voice very, very soon. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not doing it right, but the, that then means that if I, if I don't tell a story that's true, I think it's so obvious to see through it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a big one's addiction. I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a bit of a problem with, with alcohol in general. Uh, it's not a problem as of yet, but it's very showing its head that it could be. I drink very often, uh, and I, I love it, and that's what I hate about it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I know some people who, when they'll drink, they'll, they'll have like personal limits. I do not have personal limits. If I'm drinking, I'm drinking till I'm asleep, and that's it. Like, I, I went out last night. I was literally like, oh, I'll have a couple of drinks in the house, and I was out till four in the morning. You know, I, I just can't stop when I start, and it's not caused me any physical problems yet, but it, it then tweaks with my mental health and stuff. So the idea of the record was almost like a promise to to myself and to like the whole band and stuff just that the like I can see the problems that I have as a person and it is is definitely time to change them so if I've put this thing out there that's basically me saying I'm going to try and better myself then I have something that will literally hold me accountable and that's that was the the main reason for it yeah yeah as a person who who quit drinking and got sober in in 2020 amid lockdowns, like when Chemical Counterparts like premiered, like that song hit me super hard and like instant connection. Where I was like, all right, I fucking love this band. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's exactly that. And well well done for getting sober, man. It's, I need to follow in your footsteps. I just <laughs> just love beers, man. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Who did the album artwork? Uh, our drummer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, our drummer did it. Um, I can't remember who took the photo. can't remember where the photo came around. So he just showed me it one day and he was like, I'm thinking this. I had a, I had a, so there was, there was, there was originally two ideas. So the, our last album, our guitarist took the photo that was the front cover, which was just me underwater. And we yeah. had to we had to go to our friend's dad's house has a swimming pool, uh, so we had to like buy like a, a bag to put the camera in to get it underwater, yeah. and like that was terrifying because we got like the five pound one off Amazon, so we're like <laughs> that's not gonna work. Um, uh, so that was difficult. But the idea of that is like in that record, the last line is that the person doesn't make it through and ends up going to the water, and that's it. Um, with recovery the front image is meant to be someone in the worst state of their lives, which that mm-hmm. is a person strung out on heroin in a train station. Like it's genuinely what the thing is. Um, there was meant to be a back image of that same person better, but that same person hasn't got better yet. Mm. <laughs> so uh, at the moment it's open, open tie. Open-ended. Yeah. Comes out in a few weeks. What's uh, the rest of the year look like for the band? We're actually just just working on that just now. So uh, we, we had a lot of stuff, a lot of deadlines for the record and stuff, um, and a couple of things. So now that it's finally coming out, 
we're just in talks with a bunch of booking agents. We're dying to get out and play shows. Uh, the mm -hmm. only thing we've got booked at the moment is Summer Breeze Festival in Germany, which is amazing. And there are such cool bands playing that. And total well privileged to, to even be on it, you know. Um, but we need to book up the rest of the year because I feel like we've not been out as a band for a very long time. And I am yeah. desperate to get back out. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like we've reached the point post pandemic now where I see a lot of us bands going to do their European tours now. And it's like, I, I feel like that market's not big enough to support the us bands coming over and the local bands. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty, pretty good assumption, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, now that things are opening up and stuff, uh, well, not opening up now that things are kind of back to normal fully. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of, bookings that are still going ahead from pre-covid if that makes sense like all the shows that got cancelled mm -hmm. i think they're still like realigning that so that's why it's yeah. been a little bit quiet and stuff but i think we're now at a point where they're they're finishing up yeah uh, and we're able to like start focusing on booking new stuff so our new our plan is basically just to book everything yeah yeah because you guys released your last album into this void where you couldn't do anything with it does this feel like a, a reintroduction like if people missed the last album, like, hey, we got this new thing and, you know, building off the sound of the last record, but another evolution, right? Like, yeah, hey, we're, yeah. Yeah, no, man, totally. Uh, the, the annoying thing off the last record was like the style change was like really important. We always called it like the, it was like the defining album of the sound. Like it was like, this is what's, this is what it's going to be now. And I think a lot of people did miss it. So this second record makes a lot more sense to the people who met, like who heard the first, uh, but it's almost like a new band from something to remember me by and recovery based yeah. uh, on anything else. It's like, it's almost brand new and, and it's, it's quite weird. We've had a couple of comments from people who maybe missed the first record, like, well, sorry, yeah. the last record. And they were like, man, when did this happen? And it's all been positive, which is great. But sometimes it does feel like you're kind of, jumping in both feet and being like hey the drummer sings now and like yeah. <laughs> that was never a thing before and uh yeah uh, there's a couple of songs where i'm just like i didn't even bother shouting i was just talking and like uh, just little <laughs> things like that and yeah yeah there's, a, there's quite a style change but it's going down really well for 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 the risk that it was to take nice nice and people can go to a rising empire store and they go to buy this record and they're like oh shit there's another one we missed yeah <laughs> Yeah, and we just, we just, uh, actually, I'm not allowed to say anything about that. That was close. Um, <laughs> okay. but, uh, there's cool things happening. Uh, nice. So it'll, it'll all be good. But yeah, the the new record and stuff, it's like, it is, in my opinion, which is, I think everyone in this position who's putting out a record would say this, but it is the best work we've done as a band. It sounds finally like, uh, like we know what we're doing and it's it's not gonna it's not gonna make you overly cry too much, but it's still in there. Yeah, just just a little bit of tears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's there's it's sad, but the last album was harrowing. Like this one's just if, <laughs> if the last sad. one was horrible, this one's just quite a bad thing. No,
Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. I